Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang, Kane Gang, Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Good morning, everybody out there in Radio World here on Sirius XM. Slam Radio Channel 145. It's your boy, DC. And joining me today is the Dirty Bird, Ryan Pittman. We're here representing the Kane Gang Show. We're super stoked. It's Friday morning. It's lunchtime. I hope you guys are doing well out there. Ryan, what's good, brother? What's going on, Co? Morning. Man, it's another day in paradise, man. It's beautiful South Florida weather. You got to love it. It's Friday morning at 11 o'clock. And, you know, before we get started, we got to give mad, mad, mad congrats to the J-Man. We do. J-Man tied the knot to, to his love, Miss Aaron. So congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Jordan Nelson. Happy for him, man. And you know, and the cool thing is, man, you could just see how, uh, how happy he's been, how, how, how excited he was to tell us he was getting buried, how, you know, how excited he's been for this whole week. So, uh, you know, shout out to, to Jordan and Aaron and hoping they're, uh, they're having a great time on their honeymoon. And uh, we'll see the J-Man back here soon with the Kang Gang. But until then, man, we got a lot to talk about, brother. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. I wonder what he's doing in Utah. I wonder what there is to do in Utah. What does one do in Utah on a honeymoon? You're right. I, I don't think you're going skiing at any time. Like, right? It's like Utah, you can go skiing out there, right? Salt Lake City. You know, I'm sure there's things you can go in the mountains. Maybe go look for Sasquatch. I mean, I, I don't know. Man, there's, there's, there's not much. There's a, there's a lake in Utah. I know that much. but There is a lake. Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Salt Lake. Yeah, I, bro, I have no idea. I have no idea. Listen, <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's not the 305. You know, too bad for him. Too bad, too sad. Oh, well, time to roll. But, hey, listen, man, last week, what a phenomenal comeback by those Kane football guys. Talk to me about it. Wow. Uh, you know, that one was a little too close for comfort, right? I think everybody will uh, will agree that that was, uh, that was way closer than we would have liked it. But, you know, uh, Victories like that, they, uh, they they harden, they toughen you up, they callous you up, right? Uh, you know, it's really good to win games like that. Um, you know, because past years, those are games we lose, man. One thing that I took into um, account with that game is, and, and I've been saying this throughout the, you know, the season, is the maturity and the leadership. It didn't seem like they wavered at all. Um, there, was, there was just, man, I, I hate to say this sometimes, because, but it's true, right? I feel like the referees hate us. I think everybody hates us. And it's just and it's 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 prevalent. Like you just see the the holding calls and like the ridiculous pass interference calls. But through all the adversity, I still think that they found a way to come back, to muster up enough points, obviously to get the dub. And then you come to find out that the game was potentially getting ready to be called because of the COVID, you know, situation and the lack of players that they have for depth. Like, all this stuff comes out afterwards, and it's, it's crazy, man. But 7-1, bro, if you would have told me beginning of the year that we would be at this point in the season and we would be 7-1, I'd tell you no way. No way. Yep. 
But uh, hey, but hey, here we are, and how sweet it feels, right? And you know what? It is a way to enjoy it and to be happy about it. You know, the the thing is, is you know, you and I are really active on Twitter, man, and there has been so much negativity mm. out there, and it's just it's wild to me. I mean, people just can't even allow themselves to enjoy the fact that we have seven wins and one single loss. And oh, by the way, it's to the greatest team in the to one of the top teams in the country. At the time, but you know what, though? Even if we would have been winning by 28, 35 points at every game, people would still find something to complain about. It, it just seems like South Florida fans are never happy about anything. Listen, I actually like the squeaker games. I think it makes the games more interesting. I think it makes me pay more attention to the game. Like, when you're winning by 28, by 30, like, there will be times that I just kind of walk away from a little bit. You know, I might miss a couple plays here and there. But when it's like a nail-biter going back and forth, like, dude, I'm tuned in 100% ready to go. Absolutely. And not only did the players look good, again, so, again, you talk negativity, right? Let, let's talk about the coaching. And, again, I'm not here to bash any coaches. I am not coaching. But one thing that I can't stand is these fans out there who just want to continue to bash these coaches, talk about, oh, this coach is horrible. We need to fire him. Bro, the coaches can only call a play. The coaches aren't out there tackling. They're not out there running. They're not out there trying to, you know, get in the right position. You can tell somebody, you know, on your defense or offense, whatever, wherever you're at to be, but they're not actually out on the field. So why are you getting mad at the coaches? Like, do you get mad when, like, D. Wiggins dropped that, that touchdown? Literally, he catches that little slant, and he's still running. But yeah. were you going to blame Manny for that? You're going to find a way to, man. You know, they say the two easiest places to, to coach for it. Uh, to coach from are the keyboard and the couch and uh you know our, our fan base is all is all over it man you know it's so easy to look in in reverse and after the fact and say oh we should have done this and we should have done that but you know try game planning because you know a team like uh like virginia tech you know we got their a game look we that's the one thing about being the u you get everybody's a effort every single time out from rip man it doesn't matter who you are yeah like it doesn't matter who who's playing us we get everybody's best effort. Even when we're down, everybody comes to play because that day you, like Michael Irvin said, you know, it holds up. It's here. It's here. Like you put that helmet on, you put that you on the side of your helmet, people are gunning for you. I don't care if you're three and eight, they're still gunning for you. Yep. That's what it is. Hey, what do we always say? That logo holds weight, baby. Bro, you know, and that's the funny thing too is, I know if you look at the last, and I'm going to be a realist, right? Take away 2017. Like, we have not been good since 2005. Yeah. Probably 2005. Let's, let's, be, let's be really real. 2017, it was a lot of luck, man. You know, that was well, – that, That's what I'm saying. I'm taking away that 10-0 because that's just – that was smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, was, it felt great. They, they, found a, they found ways to win that, right? They found ways to win, which you got to give them mad props. But then reality set in, and then, you know, again, you, it is what it is. But 7-1 and in and, and 2020, and it's crazy this, how this season has progressed, right? You look at what's going on. Like, we were super stoked for tomorrow night. Georgia Tech, you know, under the lights, 8 o'clock. Let's line it up. Let's beat them by 30. No game. <laughs> no game. We have no game for three weeks, bro. Yeah. But before we get into that, Let's talk about some of the things that we did see, some positive things that we did see on offense. Mark Pope, yeah. Mike Harley, 
know, the wide receivers were getting beaten up, right? And every week, <clears throat> stepped up, right? I think in the past three games, you know, between Harley, Wiggins, and Pope, I mean, you know, they, they took exception to the to the or, or, or on the depth chart, right, where they let the freshman kids in. And the freshman kids haven't been seeing the ball. I know a couple have been out with, uh, you know, being on the COVID list and all. But uh, they took exception to that, and they've stepped up, right, which is exactly what we've been waiting to see. Uh, you know, they're not going to catch every ball. We don't expect them to. But they have been being a lot better, right? They've been, they've been significantly better than they were in the first few games. Well, I think you light a fire under them. They're like, you know what? <clears throat> we're going to have an open competition, and we're just going to let it roll and see what happens. But you're right. I don't think the last three games we've seen any underclassmen as far as – you know, the younger guys playing, you know, you don't see the Michael Reddings and the Restrepo's nope. and the uh, Keyshawn Smith and, you know, people like that. Like I haven't seen them, you know, I've only seen like the three plus Will um, and Brevin. Brevin was back last week. That was beneficial. Yep. The O-line, you know, looked a little, looked a little rough last week there, especially at, at left guard. Um, didn't, didn't look too well. But again, that's what's happening in 2020 with the COVID situation. From week to week, you don't know who you're going to have. You don't know who's going to be, you know, available to play. Yeah. Well, speaking of people being available to play, how do you feel about Donaldson coming back? You know, and, and <clears throat> once – and here's my take on that. You know, they're talking about now let's get him prepared. Let's get him ready. Let's throw him in there. Bro, like when you found out that the season didn't count, like why are you even having him on the bench? Right. Like you should have had him – you plug him right there in a left guard, right guard, whatever case you want to be because he is a natural guard. And that's just like, a, you know, a senior, you know, he's a senior um, and you let him play. That's what I see. Now, that's where I can agree with fans about coaching, because in my mind, as soon as I know that this season does not count as far as eligibility, I am playing him. Yep. Now, what does it matter? Probably does because but again, we're still seven and one. Right. So it's not like he's going to make a world of difference. But at least he can build continuity going into next year as well with some of the uh, guys that are coming back. Yeah. And what I think on him, though, I think that they set some goals that he had to hit, right, and probably around weight because I think the guy was hitting 400 pounds, right? And that's, that's just too big to be out there, right? You're going to be too slow. And it sounds, you know, from, from what we hear coming out of the, you know, coming out of Coral Gables that, you know, he's down back around mm -hmm. the 350 range, right, which is where he's got to be to play right he'd probably be even better if he could get the 330 or whatever but hey i'll take him playing at that at a, at a 350 um, i don't even know what 350 would look like yeah that's a big boy it is a big boy it's a big boy 350 Swallowing. but at the end of the day man it's it's crazy when you start to think about how much better we can get because i still don't think that we've kind of hit the ceiling yet this year I still think we're missing that. You want to think that, that that Florida State game was that, like, offensive explosion. But, again, it's Florida State, and yeah. they are really, really bad right now. Yeah. You know, that game tomorrow, I was hoping that game was scheduled for last week because, you know, Clemson coming off a loss, you know, playing Florida State, I, I literally think they would have hung 80 on them. That's just how bad I think it is. And they still might hang in 80 on them tomorrow. They, they've had two weeks to think about it, right? So it may be even a worse scenario for Florida State. Bro, uh, can you imagine if they drop 80? Can you imagine if they drop 80? Is, is he going to break that glass ceiling, though, man? I mean, you got to – You got there's there's an unwritten rule, and it's pro there's probably only one unwritten rule that football has, right? You know, baseball's got a million of them, right? The bat flips, all that stuff. 
But when it comes down to football, there's really only one, right? In a college game, you don't go above 80, right? Like no, you, break it. Break it. Just break it. I mean, you get 80. I'm fine with it. I'm just saying, if, if there was going to be a coach to do it, it would be Dabo. And, you know, Dabo's arrogant enough out there to do it. So, yeah, we did especially at this point, especially at this point now, you know, you have that one loss, right? You have that one loss, um, obviously against against Notre Dame, and it's what's going to transpire going forward in the season if everything keeps going forward as far as playoffs. You know, does yeah. you know strength of schedule? Does like you know eye candy? All that stuff kind of kind of you know going to come into play and drop an eighty on. You know, literally, you're talking seven years removed from, you know, a national champion. Like, does that hold weight? I mean, does Florida State even hold weight anymore? And I don't know if they do. So, I don't – again, they're they're two and five, I think, right now, which is – or two and six. I'm not sure what they are. But it's uh, it's pretty bad up there in Tallahassee. Well, did you did you happen to see the article uh, that ESPN put out with uh, David Lake and Andrea Adelson uh, combined on it? was about a half hour read and it uh it structured it kind of looked back and it said from the from the moment that they got beat by Oregon in the playoff that that was kind of the beginning of the end and you know Jimbo was clamoring for different things and saying that you know he he needed all these right. you know the facility upgrades and all kinds of things and the, and the donor base works a lot different at Florida State right there's one uh there's one head of the uh of the, of the boosters club and those guys went to odds. And ever since then, it's just been a downward spiral that uh, really became apparent in Jimbo's last year there, but uh, they haven't been able to shake free of it and they're still in a free fall. Right. And I mean, something's got to happen. I mean, every one of their players is, is opting out right now. Uh, right. State is not good. You know, I mean, I think you could kind of look at it and maybe say, Oh, Hey, okay. We, you know, we're, we're on the come up if recruiting's good but recruiting has been really lousy too. I mean, you know, their top recruit right now, Altmaier, you know, this guy was all in the quarterback and uh, you know, now he's really, he's flirting hard with Lane Kiffin over at Ole Miss and he's a Mississippi yeah. guy. So, you know, who, who knows when they're going to bottom out, right. And how far that, uh, that, that black hole that they're falling in right now goes, how deep does that hole go? It's just crazy in college football to see what's going on. Even in the NFL. Now, NFL now has all these protocols. <clears throat> all these teams have to go to, like, this, you know, this situations now. I mean, look at the Dolphins having issues. Like, all around the league. And listen, but again, that goes back to it's 2020. It's it's the COVID year. Um, it, it's getting crazy out there. All these cases are are starting to come back up. It's almost – I almost feel like the season is not going to end. I feel like – personally, I think this everything might get canceled sooner than later. Because what's more important, playing the game or the safety of these kids? Well, here's, here's the argument I'll make on this, though. If you are a collegiate athlete participating in sports or if you are a professional athlete out there getting paid to do it, you are the safest party in the world from all this COVID stuff, right? You're getting tested more often. Uh, you have, you know, everybody around you uh, who's supported everything for you. Uh, you can't run and hide from this thing. But, you know, athletes that are getting tested three and four times a week, I mean, nurses and doctors that are working on the front lines, they don't get tested that often. So, you know, I mean, I'm just happy that they that they tried and played the, the season. Uh, you know, really shout out to the ACC because when you look at all these conferences and, you know. Oh, yeah, they continue to play. Yeah, you know, it's not like the Big Ten. But even like a couple weeks ago, Big Ten, like Ohio State, oh, no, you know what, we can't play. 
you know, we got to, we, we got to cancel. Got, got a couple cases of COVID. Come on, man. Line them up. Yeah. It's like Florida, man. They lucked out playing, you know, not playing Alabama this year. Cause oh, got COVID got COVID. Yeah. That worked out your, in your, in your favor there, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. That's why I would, these cancellations, I mean, I get them right. And you got to have the right amount of people out there, but you know, this should also be an opportunity for some of the walk on kids to get an opportunity to play. Right. So just because you don't have, you know, some of your starters, I mean, if you got enough to, to safely go out there and play, you know, line them up, line them up, brother. Listen, they're on the team for a reason. Right. Yeah. And, and that's where I feel like it doesn't matter. Like if you have the, the amount of people to play the game, if, if you're ready to line up, you got 11 on one side, 11 on the other side, you know, maybe they're not, you know, your first team or second team starter or whatever the case may be. And you line it up because you have them on your team for a reason. And if not, then they shouldn't be on your team. If you're afraid to play with walk-ons and, you know, people that probably wouldn't be playing during the games, then, bro, just cut them loose and, and let's ride. Keep them moving. But when they're on the team, let them play. Yeah, let's give Ryan Rizik the start, man. Line them up. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Let, I'd be all for that. Hey, Ryan, we're, uh, we're pushing the break real quick here on the Kang Gang Show. Um, it's Friday morning at 11 o'clock. Come back with us here shortly. We're going to jump to a quick break. As always, it's your boy, DC. I got the Dirty Bird on the other side. We'll be right back in a minute. Peace. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. 
Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva contra la caballota, la reina y Queen. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We coming back here on the Kang Gang Show at your lunch hour, everybody. We were just kind of getting like based up real quick, a little bit of Drake, a little sick of mode. Let's talk about that, man. I, I love that. I love that sick of mode. <laughs> Give me the loot. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. <laughs> Good stuff, man. man. Let me tell you, like growing up, like. Man, I used to love like 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 even now like just the old school hip hop like when you get like 99 jams, you know just dropping the throwbacks you know and like Splat Pack and um, you know just you know scrub the ground and you know Uncle Luke and you know it's just there's nothing like it man bass mechanic I'm telling you Ryan there's nothing like that old school junk South Florida childhood in the 90s man come on oh my gosh man you have no idea so I. <laughs> I don't know. I might be showing my age here, but like I'm a huge proponent of like Jam Pony Express, right? Like I used to, so I went to Board Anderson, you know, shout out to the Cobras class of 92. Um, but it was great, man. Like I was, our school was about a mile north of the Oakland Park flea market down here in Broward. And uh, let me tell you, you wanted anything, you went to the OP flea. I'm going to talk about like you wanted caps for your teeth, you want three finger rings, you want the MCM hats, the Gucci hats, whatever you wanted, bro. You know, Cotam stereo, they had the pony tapes, like literally, bro. It was just, it was where it was at, man. It was nothing like it. Come on now. Dude, it was nothing like it. Pony, man. Run down there. there. It's great, man. Just. But I miss that. That was my childhood, man. You know, that was my young adulthood, just sitting there and, uh, you know, I throw a pony tape in. And my first car, bro, don't, don't laugh. Please don't laugh. My first car, oh, I paid. After you tell me what yours is. So I paid $750 for my first car, paid cash. It was a 1984 Renault Encore and uh, had no reverse. I had to park on a hill like the Flintstones, bro. I had to roll back. It was it was so bad. So I paid, so here's the funny thing, right? So I paid, I paid seven fifty for the car. I paid seven fifty for the car. And I probably in the first, I want to say probably the first eight months, I probably put about four grand into it. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it was bad, man. I mean, rack opinion, steering transmission, you just, you name it, CV joints, you know, you name it, bro. It was, but I had four fifteens. I had eight horns and, and four tweeters, man, just loaded. I had a couple of Sherwood 7070s. Um, I had an Alpine. Like, dude, I was, I was bumping. I was bumping. Truck's going to fall off the car, right? Oh, it didn't even matter at that point. You're all the, the whole car rattling. Dude, it sounded so good from the inside, though, so it didn't matter. <laughs> But back then, but back then they had this thing called like Dino Mat, right? Like it was like a, yeah. it was like a noise vibration. Like so, I had Dino Mat all over my car, bro. So <laughs> no rattling whatsoever. Yeah, man. My 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 first car was also less than a thousand dollars. It was a 1983 Ford Ranger pickup truck, man. And that thing was uh, that thing was brutal. I only had it about two months, man, when I first got my license, and uh, was out. I uh, went to high school up in uh, North Georgia, and. Uh, after school one day we were out messing around on some dirt roads man and i was uh trying to fishtail that thing man and uh i rolled it lost control of it oh he rolled it wow yeah yeah we walked away from it though like oh my gosh 
you know, I'd never gotten into a car accident. I, I've never been in one. Um, thank goodness, you know, I mean, you know, knock on wood, knock on whatever I'm sitting here talking with the glass, whatever. But yeah, man, I've never been in an accident. Um, I, I'm, I'm a reckless driver, as you know. Um, you know, and again, You're like not that bad, man. I'm not that bad. We were, but we were I, but I pouring rain though, so. Yeah, yeah, but I, I do ride high though. You know, I, you know, I don't have the Ford Ranger. You know, I got, I got the big F one fifty, six inch lift. You know, thirty seven on twenty twos. Like we riding high, man. I like that stuff. Like Kanga you know, going on the bottom in the LED light. Oh, you already know, bro. I, I throw them orange and green lights on the bottom as I roll. Be rolling deep, man. I love that stuff, man. But that's good. That's good. What do you, what do you think about like not having a game for the next three weeks? What's your take on that? Well, I just hope the team gets right during the uh, during the time, right? So you know, guys don't sit there and you know sit there and uh, eat bad and play video games the whole time and you know come back lethargic, right? I hope that they uh, well they're well they're away that uh, you know that they're taking care of themselves uh, that we're able to get back and practice in some shape or form. Uh, and just that hey, that when it comes down to December fifth, we get to line it up up in uh, up in Winston Salem and uh, get to have another game, but. Who knows? Three weeks is a long, long time from now. It's an it's an eternity until uh, until we actually get to play again. So just hope the guys do the right thing and uh, that we're able to see the you know see see the boys play again, man. So I wasn't concerned. Um, like coming off of that Virginia Tech game, like I'm like, ah, you know what? Our next three games, you know, just kind of like looking in the future, you know, you know, Georgia Tech, Wake, and UNC. I'm like, we got a shot to go ten and one. Absolutely. Then I watched. I, I was watching that UNC Wake Forest game, and I'm like, "Holy smoke, them boys got an offense!" And I'm like, yeah. um, "Blake Baker, uh, you got three weeks to get into your film study <laughs> and see what's going on." Because watching that Wake, and I think that Wake game actually scares me more than the UNC game. Yeah. Well, look, they both have you know really good offenses that can. I mean, they both hung fifty plus on each other. You know, but I, I know everybody always says it's that bend don't break with Blaker, but I, I think it's somewhat the hope and pray defense that he puts out there, right? And you know, listen, I'm not a I'm not, I'm not a you know fire Blake Baker guy. You know, we're seven and one. Seven and one teams don't fire coaches in the middle of the season. I got news for everybody. And hey, with everything that's going on with this Corona stuff too, he's probably he's probably going to be around next year too. So everybody just needs to uh, <laughs> probably get comfortable with that. But what I mean by the hope and pray is, you know, I've said it before. We we require turnovers to be able to uh to be able to produce right and to be able to have a good defense and the only difference from this year and past years is that we're not forcing turnovers right now so we got to hope and pray that the turnovers come and if they come we'll be dominant right because any on an x's and o basis we're not doing anything different than we have this is the manny diaz defense that that blake's running. literally it's lining it up it's our players against yours players we're not doing nothing special I did see, though, this past weekend against Virginia Tech, I did see a lot of stunts. I did see a lot of twists. Um, Jalen Phillips would kind of curl under. Uh, Nesta was curling under. And th that D-line was, like, literally giving havoc. Isn't Jalen Phillips something? I mean, we got we to gotta give that guy some, some props here, man. I mean, he, he is playing phenomenal. He's really and, You know, and it goes back to what if you had – and, and if you noticed last week too, they were dropping Quincy in the coverage a little bit. You know, almost, almost playing him as like a linebacker. Yeah. Um, but this year has been great to see. You know, Jalen balling out. Nesta this year has been just phenomenal. 
Like I love his energy. I love his motor. Like he reminds me of a baby Vince and you know, that, that type of, except for Vince, Vince, Vince doesn't have all, he didn't have all the antics and, you know, look at me and, um, you know, things like that. Vince just got up there, did his job, turned around and walked back. And I think sometimes, and I understand playing with passion and playing with an emotion and, and getting fired up, but just because you made a, a tackle, whether it's a yard or like, you don't need to run 10 yards into the offensive, you know, backfield, you know, and flex, just turn around and line it back up. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. I don't have time for you to sit there and, you know, flex your muscle because you stopped them. You know, and I, and it, but you see that everywhere now. It's like everybody wants to flex and, you know, act like they did something. But like, act like you've been here before. I, I do kind of like it though, man. I mean, I, I, I like the, I like the passion out there, right? I like the, you know, the, 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 the fire that he has when he's in there. And, you know, like I really feel like every time, like he is just teeing off on, uh, on that quarterback every time he's just doing whatever he can to get to him. Doesn't mean he makes it there every time. But, uh, you know, he's fighting to get there, man, and he is nasty. Can I tell you, though, Ryan, can I tell you why I don't like it? Because the referees hate us, and I'm always worried about that unsportsmanlike flag. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, that's what I worry about. I'm worried about that flag coming out because you want to sit there and flex. Like, In bro. Moment, <laughs> 2018 at Virginia, Tito Odenegbo. Right. Oh my goodness, bro. You literally cost us the game. But yeah. even like Bradley Jennings, like you dropped a pick and you dropped down to do push-ups. I'm like, here comes a flag. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing we didn't get one. But you know, again, it's it's one of those things where and I felt like last week we were so undisciplined. You look at Bubba Bolden, you know, we just have a massive sack to, to push, you know, I think third down, and then you just you you blow somebody up in the back thirty yards down the field for no reason. Yeah, and then the worst part is then you come down to the sideline and you try to justify it, right? Like, you can't justify that. There's, there's just no way to justify that. And here it is. You're supposed to be one of the leaders of the team. And where have you been the last three games? Like, I feel like you have been non-existent. And, again, I'm not bashing him. I'm just stating out facts. It seems like ever since that pancake block against NC State, like, you haven't seen – like the bubble that was there the first, you know, four or five games. Yeah, something's up there, right? And I don't, I don't think we know what it is, but uh, he's definitely looked different out there. And it's, uh, it's bothersome, right? Like that's, that's the guy that, you know, when we came out, we're like, man, this guy is a monster, right? And, you know, the, the visions of him at Clemson, you know, with the bloody nose, right? Like you're like, that's Miami passion right there. And uh, ever since then, right, he, you know, he got pancaked in, uh, in North Carolina and, pretty much embarrassing fashion on that thing, you know, but, you know, for him to be great, he's got to be able to recover from that mentally and get back up there and, and start swinging again. So, you know, when we get back, man, and we, we play this game up in, 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 uh, in Wake Forest, you know, really looking for him to get up there and, and start teeing off and be in the bubble that we had in the first half of the season. I like the, I like the competition that's been brewing in a secondary. I, yeah. I think there's been some changes. Um, I see Takori Couch got the start last week against Virginia Tech. Phenomenal coming off the edge. Great interception, but also great special teams player as well. Um, what's your take on potentially him starting over Blades moving forward? I think he's earning it right now. Uh, you got you got a guy, you got a couple guys that are that are earning it. And they're playing playing well. You know, every time when you look at Couch, he, I mean, he does the right things, right? He always looks back for the ball. He's not. 
you know, he's not dragging down, dragging guys down before, you know, before the play and getting big penalties. Uh, you know, he's actually an incredible pass rusher too, man. Those times when they're sending him off the edge in, uh, you know, he's either getting to the quarterback and he, he had a sack at Virginia Tech or he's dis- he's being disruptive out there, right? So he's doing, all, you know, everything from a cornerback position. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's earned the spot, right? He's earned the right to to play on a consistent basis. And that's where I feel like I've said over over the last couple of weeks, I don't care if you're an underclassman or if you're an upperclassman. You have to play your best players. And I think at this point, maybe Baker seeing something where – you can't keep these kids on the sideline. These kids want to play. Like, in as small as Takori is, he plays much bigger yeah. than what his actual size is. I love him coming off on the edge. Um, I like him in the nickel because I like how he comes off the edge on, like, a corner blitz or, you know, just kind of – he brings speed. And if you watch him, he actually wraps up pretty well too. You yeah. know, when he gets a hold of you, he doesn't really, like, you know – people aren't breaking tackles with him. Find me a weakness in this kid's game. You can't. Other and, again, if I'm going to knock it, I mean, I'm just going to say his size, right? But that's the only thing I can knock on. But you can't – the intangibles that he brings to the table, sure tackler, very hungry, uh, driven, has a, a strong desire to, to get to the ball. Those are all things that you want to see in a player. Again, these guys are going to – they're going to bash – they're going to bash blades. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, why are you bashing blades? There's no reason to bash blades. No. You know, if there's somebody out there that's better, then by all means, let them play. That doesn't mean that blades is a bad, like a bad player. Blades is phenomenal. But again, at some point, you, maybe you have to mix some things up to get your team headed in the right direction. I love everything about Blades game. I love the fact that Blades isn't afraid to take chances. He does have the good size. He does have good speed, you know. Now you look on the other side with Ivy, who continues, and he's played really well the last couple games, but you still see those, I don't want to call them bonehead plays, but there's been a couple bonehead plays week in and week out where Ivy's getting beat. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing is, is like with, with all of our secondary, huh. the first thing they, that, seems, that they seem to be programmed for is to go for the hit and not to make a play on the ball, right? 100%. They're trying to knock I would agree with you 100%. Yeah, I mean they're they're trying to knock somebody out out there, and like, look, we love big hits, man. Some of our some of our favorite highlights ever are are you know our big hits. Sean big T. Hits. Sean T. Sean T. Yeah, yeah, Sean T. Oh, right. Can I give a shout out real quick? Of course. Shout out to Amari Carter not getting ejected again. <laughs> That's two games in a row, man. <laughs> I love it. But I, but I was shopping at Walmart. He's shopping at Walmart. <laughs> it, it, that's in his head though, too, right? Like the yeah. whole like I don't want to get ejected for targeting thing, right? Like yeah. And I think that takes away from his game. Yeah, that's I mean straight up, right? It's 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 you know he he needs to be able to play his game, which is he's a hitter. He just needs to learn how to hit, right? And Don't, where to hit. <laughs> what you hit, bro? You know. Gosh, man. We'll see what happens moving forward with him. You know, hopefully, you know, you get a game or two under your belt where you don't have to, you know, it's not in the back of your mind anymore, like you said. And then maybe just go out there and start playing because you got to play. You know, it's like having an injury, right? When you come back from an injury, you're always thinking about that injury. You can't continue to, to dwell on an injury. You have to get out there and play. Whether it's make that first cut or take that, like that first tackle or, you know, take that first hit, whatever the case may be, you just have to get back into routine. And I think Amari Carter is going to be, uh, going to be really well for us moving moving forward throughout the season you know as we as we progress and we see what happens in the next couple weeks i mean again you get past wake you're sitting at eight and one um 
you know, the week that, and then in two weeks, not not tomorrow, but the following week, like you have you have UNC and Notre Dame. What happens if UNC knocks off Notre Dame? Like, there's a lot of things to play for moving forward. It is a crazy, crazy, crazy season, right? And we just don't know. You know, all you can do is just go out there and on a week by week basis, beat the team that's in front of you, give it your best effort. You know, hope and pray that you know everybody's doing the right things to to stay you know free from the Rona. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. I mean, look, there's, you know, I'm I'm totally with you on the point that you made a while back, right? You, you made a point that's really stuck with me on the fact that like, hey, you know, let's not get lost in this whole like us versus Notre Dame and, you know, or us versus Clemson as far as, you know, who's going to go to the ACC championship game. It don't matter, right? In a lot of ways, like, look, if, 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 if we make it to the game, hey, line them up, let's go, let's play. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to cry over it, right? You know, if I got a 10-1 yeah. team that's looking for a bowl invite, you drop us in a New Year's Six Bowl, I'm about it, right? Line them up. Right. Let's roll. Yeah, yeah. Give, no me doubt. Give me Florida, man. I would love to, I would love to play Florida. Yeah. They're, playing, they're playing at a really high level, but, you know, you always want a chance to beat your, beat your rival that, you know, right now I don't think we're going to schedule to see them again until 2024 or 2025, one of the two. Yeah, well, we're getting ready to hit the break again, Ryan. Um, here you guys are, Kang Gang Radio Show, Sirius XM, Channel 145, Slam Radio. We'll catch you right back on the flip. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you were going to be home today so nobody could see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody credit. could be crying tonight. I'm Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. 
Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Love it, man. Welcome back to the Kang Gang Show. DC back on the air. Got the Dirty Bird. Special guest third segment is my boy, Brad T. Yo, Brad, man, thanks for hopping on and joining us here on the third segment on the Kang Gang Show. What's good? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? I'm peachy. I'm peachy. I'm doing well. It's Friday. It's uh, it's almost noon here in sunny South Florida, and... Uh, We've talked a lot of stuff about Kane's football already. Um, there's a lot of stuff still to talk about. I uh, wanted to get into a little bit of recruiting on this segment. I know you're kind of a, a big recruiting person. You kind of, you know, you dwell in it, you get in it, you dive, you know, head first. And uh, so a couple of things I wanted to bring up, obviously the, the rivals and all the rankings just came out. And uh, here we are with Leonard Taylor, probably the highest rated recruit that we've had since Willie Williams. Uh, being number three overall in the country. What's your take on that, Brad? Yeah, like you just mentioned, man, Willie Williams is a is a huge comparison. They've been comparing Leonard Taylor to him for quite a while. And, man, Leonard Taylor is a is a playmaker, man. He He's someone that changes the game by himself, which is something that the interior defensive line has missed for quite a while. Um, you look at guys on the outside, you got the Greg Russos, the Jalen Phillips, um, you go back even a little further with the Alquan Muhammad, you have guys that are so talented off the body frame and how quick they are. And you look at a guy like Leonard Taylor who who can do a lot of similar things um, in the D-tackle position. He, he's going to be very exciting to watch uh, in that orange and gray. 
you know, and it, it's funny that you say that too, because, you know, I'm looking at not just that 21 class, but then you look at the 2022 class and things like that. If Miami continues to win and they continue to build um, the program and head in the right direction, obviously with Leonard Taylor being the number three overall recruit right now in the nation, um, obviously you have James Williams, you know, who's highly, you know, probably top, top 12. Um, I would put him inside the top 10 um, in the nation. But as far as, you know, building relationships with local guys, do you see Leonard and those guys trying to reach out to, you know, guys like Shamar Stewart um, and trying to pursue them or Mason Smith, you know, for this class? Um, what, what, what's your feel on that type of situation? Oh, absolutely. I think um, not, not only are they bought into the University of Miami, well, once they create that bond with everyone already committed, that's when they kind of try to bring that bond to someone else. Like you mentioned, Mason Smith out of Louisiana, I think that's going to be a kid to watch out for that I think could definitely make a difference as well, almost like a double-team duo. Um, and, and it's a good thing you mentioned someone like him because I think another guy that you can look at um, in South Florida that I'm hoping um, this staff goes after is uh, Pat Payton out of Miami Northwestern. Um, you look at you look at him and his body frame. Um, he's very similar to a Greg Russo, in my opinion. Um, we, we talk about what the duo could have looked like with Greg Russo and Jalen Phillips this year. And you look at a kid like Jabril Ishmael, who we already have committed from Columbus, and you add a kid like Pat Payton. Um, you are looking at the next duo that could be what Greg Russo and Jalen Phillips are. Two guys who have very long body frames, who's very strong, very quick off the line, and I think if we added a kid like Pat Payton, um, we we are in for a very good uh, long haul when it comes to the defense end group. And uh, of course, you still got Jafari Harvey, Cam Williams, Chance Williams, and the rest of those guys. Yeah, yeah you, you know. The, the, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. Yeah. So you look at Mason Smith, right? And it, the, the team I've always thought was a team to beat is LSU on that. And everything that's happening at LSU right now is, I think, working. Uh, obviously in our favor, right? Because there is, uh, you know, they're just slipping right now. So. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. And, and I'm also looking at, you know, you name some young guys and I think that's going to be, you know, heading to the 21 season, 22 season. There's still a couple viable options out there that I'm still looking for. Um, again, I'm a big T Lou fan. I think that he can come in and pretty much start right from rip um, as your, as a, a, you know, middle linebacker. Um, again, you, you mentioned Mason Smith, how, how, let me ask you this, but you, you know, you talk about Pat Payton over at Northwestern. How do you feel that the situation, uh, with Tim Burns affects any of those Northwestern kids? Cause I, I really don't think that one kid is going to change, um, especially for what I've been seeing online and things like that. You know, Cam, um, all those guys are still, you know, dialed in, you know, hundred percent, you know, committed to the university of Miami. Um, you know, I, obviously, I think Tim would, you know, is, is a great fit for the class. You know, again, he reminds me of what Takori Couch is doing now. He brings that same type of mentality, that type of dog that I like to see. Again, a little undersized, but he plays so much bigger than what his size, you know, shows. Um, how do you feel about, you know, the situation with the Tim Burns situation, Brad? Yeah, man, you you mentioned uh... – similarities to, to Corey Couch. I could definitely see that uh, along with a kid like Trajan Bandy, right? Um, someone who just is from Miami and just bleeds orange and green. And, and that's what you see in Tim Burns. And unfortunately, this, this is a business, right? Um, I think if you really deep down and you look into it, um, as far as a recruiting aspect, Tim Burns was one of the first commits that we had in this class. He, I believe he committed 
all the way back to his like sophomore beginning of junior year. And um, he was the first Miami Northwestern kid that we actually got committed to the class. And he was one of the few commits that we first got. So if you look at it in a coaching staff point of view, um, you could probably make it think of it as a strategy almost because we have so much spots and obviously we needed a corner to begin with. And it was kind of a a start to your engine, so to speak, uh, of getting the rest of the Miami Northwestern guys on board. If you get one, hopefully you get the rest, right? So I think that was the goal was to not only get a corner, but to that corner help get the rest of the the pie uh, of the slice, right? So right. I think they, they were able to do that. And I think now that they're, they're close on numbers and they're seeing what is left available, they're trying to go after bigger fish, unfortunately. And, um, it, I mean, Tim Burns, he didn't really have the size, like you said, but he had the heart. He, he is pretty much a born orange and green guy. Right, but right, if you right. Look, but if you look at his offer list, unfortunately, he, he doesn't quite meet the expectations of what you would think a, a Miami cornerback would be. I think his next uh, highest offer is FAU. If I'm not mistaken. And, and that's been kind of the trend lately with a lot of the recruits over the last couple of years with Miami. If you look at how they were recruiting, if you just looked at their offer sheet, you're like, wow, why is Miami recruiting them? You know, but it's always been like that. You know, you find those diamond in the roughs, um, you know, and they turn out to be good ball players. you know, but again, Absolutely. I'm looking at, I'm looking at a prototypical like cornerback size in today's game and, just doesn't fit that now maybe you know sliding into the nickel or something like that would be beneficial um and that's why i felt like they should have used bandy more as in the nickel not being on the outside because i think that's kind of what hurts him um you know when he decided to declare because he's not really you know an outside corner he's more of a nickel or a dime um you know play on the inside not on the outside um There's a lot to be said for what's going to happen moving forward. Ryan and I were talking earlier about, you know, right now we're sitting at seven and one and there's still a lot of negativity going out, um, you know, from university towards the university of Miami, but bro, you're seven and one. And if we, if you would have told me earlier in the season that we would be sitting here at seven and one, we we were like, no way, but we're seven and one. The next three games are kind of postponed, but you have a legitimate shot to go 10 and one playing a great bowl game and potentially finish at 11 and one when you finish six and seven last season. Now that's something to be proud about and moving forward that can do nothing but benefit you, you know, with recruiting. Do you agree or disagree? No, I absolutely agree. And I think, um, I think what we've seen in the past, um, especially with, with bye weeks and in this case, multiple weeks being off, right. Similar to bowl games is the preparation and how we come out after, after a couple of bye weeks. And I think that's going to be the key um, is whenever we do decide to play, um, whether that, that is early December or not, or if they push it back. But um, I think the testament's going to be is how are we going to come out? Um, because you look at a team like Wake Forest, I think this team could have benefited in maybe playing the Georgia Tech team first, just because if we do start out a little slow, it's against a Georgia Tech team that we can, we can afford to do that to. Um, but now that you're going against a Wake Forest team that's a very high-powered offense, um, they, they average 30-plus 30, 30 a game uh, and a great quarterback. I think that's a team you're not going to want to start off slow with, um, and, and it could be a, a long-scoring game similar to the North Carolina game. So I, I think as long as we get past those two games, we should be fine. But I think the deciding factor, honestly, um, if these games don't get played and they go straight to bowl games – I think the the big domino effect to maybe hopefully getting these bigger guys, like you mentioned, a Mason Smith and a couple of these other guys like a Terrence Lewis, Jay Garcia, 
is the bowl game, right? That That's something that Miami has not been able to get over the hump in such a long time. And it's obviously the last game that people kind of remember of the season, especially right. high school kids. Um, yep. and, and the bowl game is something that just Miami has not shown up for in recent years. And I think it, this year has to be different. Ain't that yeah. the <laughs> but, but Let me ask you a question. So, you know, there's obviously a lot of heat going towards our, our defensive coach or our defensive coordinator and a couple of the defensive position coaches. So, you know, these guys are, are the same guys that are recruiting a lot of these players right now. And like a guy like Mason Smith has said, hey, Miami is, you know, that's, that's the best defensive scheme for me, right? And we see him wearing a cane shirt and stuff. So let's say the fan base gets what they want, right? And we move on from, you know, one or more of the defensive coaches. How do you think that impacts some of these guys that are out there, um, you know, that are committed to us or that are, that are possibly going to commit to us? Yeah, I mean, I think you made up a good point, but um, it really does depend on who um, Manny Diaz and the staff ends up wanting to part ways with. I think at this moment, um, we got to be a little careful with that just because, I mean, like most Miami fans, we kind of overreact, right? Even when we're doing good, um, we don't really look at the good things. We always carry with the bad things, right? And like you guys keep saying, we're seven and one there's not much you could complain about or like want to fire somebody at this point. Um, I, it would be crazy to, to let's say end the season nine, one, 10, one, and want to fire your defensive coordinator. Um, just because there's certain times in a game that play big plays are being made. You look at every right. big team in the country right now, the Alabama's, the LSU's, the Georgia's, their defenses aren't statistically where they're used to being the, the top 10, 15, defenses in college football right now or your or your coastal carolinas your your cincinnati's teams that don't really play good competition week in and week out um but their defense is still solid and i think if you look at the sec the acc and a couple of these other big conferences the offense is is what drives everything that the defenses just aren't there this year whether it be to the covid and not being able to practice as much but it's just not there as a whole it's not just miami it seems like it's no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens moving forward. Um, it's still a long season to go. I mean, they keep pushing everything back. Um, but we'll see. Um, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the, the, the show that we've been doing the last couple of weeks is our pick em, um college games. And uh, we got a few minutes left. So I want to get into a couple of games real quick. You know, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But I want to get your guys' take on a, on a, on a few games. Um, let's start with the Oklahoma State Oklahoma game. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about that game, and uh, who you got? Bedlam, right? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Oklahoma's got it, right? Um, you know, they 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 stumbled a couple times out of the gate. Uh, I don't love the kid that's playing quarterback there, Rattler. I think you know he's you know he's he's shown signs at, at times of being a great player, but he's also shown some some really bad stuff. But uh, you know, I think they're kind of pointed the right direction in Oklahoma. So uh, I got the Sooners. Okay, Brad. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Ryan. I'm going to go with the Sooners just because um, of Lincoln Riley um, being able to put the gas on the pedal. Um, in college football right now, like I just mentioned, any offense that is kind of cutthroat and kind of always tries to put the gas on the pedal, they seem to do well every week. So I think Oklahoma could do it. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Sooners as well, even though I hate them. I was actually leaning towards uh, the Cowboys, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with, uh, with the Boomer Sooners on this one. Um, how about Wisconsin-Northwestern? You know, top 20 matchup. Um, you know, again, Northwestern's, you know, kind of making some noise up in the Big Ten. 
Um, so yeah, so Brad, start us off with uh, Wisconsin and uh, and Northwestern. I'm gonna go with the upset and go with Northwestern. Wow. Okay, I like that one. We should be like a is, there a is there a reason why? Um, you know, like, like you mentioned, they're, they're having a pretty good year. I think I think this could be the year um, that they turn some things around and kind of have that big that big game that they need to get this season. And uh, okay. I know Wisconsin has been dealing a little bit with some some COVID issues as well. Okay, Ryan, we got. You know, I, I, I like the, the spirit of the Northwestern pick just because I really have a lot of respect for their coach and uh, Pat Fitzgerald, right? I remember that guy. I think he was in the, the late 90s when he was playing and kind of putting Northwestern on the map uh, as, yeah. as nobody. And he basically kind of, you know, he, he's done a great job getting them and put, getting them to be a Power 5 program. Uh, but the the kid for Wisconsin, uh, and he, you know, I've watched highlights of him both times or actually watched, watched the full game once and, you know, wow. Uh, watch the, the highlights on the other one and that kid can sling it in Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, uh, you know, Miami fans are all too familiar with, uh, with that Wisconsin program and what they, what they do, but I got the, uh, I got the Badgers. Yeah. I'm going to take Wisconsin as well. Um, last two games I have is Liberty and NC state. Now this is where I feel like I think Liberty, I'll start with this one. I think Liberty actually, I, and, and I, I like the direction of the program um, you know, but I, I just think like reality sets back in and NC State takes care of business. Yep, I agree. I agree. I, I, agree. I think uh, this one, right? Because I think the Liberty is the only non-Power Five team that has a legitimate argument right now. Um, you know, because they do have a win versus Virginia Tech, right? That's a that's yeah. a for that program. You know, to yeah. pull one off against NC State. I mean, I think the kid Amezi. Uh, the, the wide receiver out there is an absolute monster. He's, he's a guy who I think is going to be playing on Sundays. Uh, but I think uh, I think Liberty has what it takes to, uh, to upset him. I'm going to pull him in the upset here. Okay. And then we're down to about a minute left in the show. So real quickly, like let's just does, – does Clemson drop 80 on Florida State? I'm just – just let's end it on this. <laughs> Brad, what do you actually, think? <laughs> I was actually wondering if Doak Stadium was able to put triple digits on the scoreboard. Oh wow! <laughs> we gotta pick a score, Ryan. We gotta pick a score. So since I say we gotta pick a score, I'll start off on it. I'm gonna say seventy to ten, Clemson. Gosh, I'm gonna go. Brad, gotta... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seventy-two to three. All right, I'll, I'll be a little bit more realistic. I'm just gonna go like sixty-three to thirteen. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's just gonna be a a, a nightmare. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's been a great show today. Um, I appreciate, you know, Brad, you coming on and hopping on with us here at the last segment. Ryan, appreciate you coming and and, and help me co-host tonight. Um, it's your boy DC here on the Kang Gang Show. Thank you guys for tuning in, listening to us. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145, Slam Radio. Thank you guys so much, Kang Gang. Kang Gang! Kang Gang! The views and opinions expressed on Kang Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.